Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday, the 11th of July. Today, I am joined by Adam Forster, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hi there, Adam. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Peter. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. So, um, which which story from today's Watson's Daily did you decide to uh, talk about today? So, I'm going to speak about the story on Disney World in the yeah. Wall Street Journal today. So, Disney have been in the news a lot recently. So, for example, with their back with Ron DeSantis. Yeah. But this story is about Disney World and how it has been particularly empty over the Independence Day weekend, which is a large holiday in the US. Yeah. So it comes from data from travel advisors and travel analysts showing that over the recent weeks, ride wait times have been significantly lower than they mm-hmm. have been in previous COVID years. And this has been particularly the case during this Independence Day weekend. Yep. And it's been quite, so they say, for nearly a decade. So it's not particularly good news for them. Mm-hmm. Analysts are saying it's due to increase of prices at Disney and also yeah. changes how the park itself is run. Mm-hmm. So I believe last year they launched a new app, which you can pay extra for upon mm-hmm. arrival. Mm-hmm. And that, for even more money, lets you skip queues and do a multitude of other things. Yeah. And it's just a bit, seems a bit of customer backlash against this. Yeah. Disney do say they were expecting this, and mm-hmm. you would assume maybe they factored that in somehow. But historically, Disneyland has been a huge, huge, huge money maker for Disney. Mm. So for these parks and theme parks and hotels to not do very well, doesn't seem particularly good news Mm. but then more widely speaking it's just another red flag for the hospitality industry yeah they've come off the back of covid where they've really really struggled and now it looks like i have another rough year so with inflation and interest rates increasing people have less and less discretionary income to spend on things such as hospitality but at the same time it is forcing the hospitality sector to actually increase their prices yeah so it means the footfall in this industry is going to be even lower than it has been over the previous years. Mm. It means that like to struggle, probably a lot of businesses are going to face closure. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what goes on here over the next year or so. Yeah. But then for Disney themselves, obviously they have been relatively profitable for the mm-hmm. past few years, excluding COVID. Mm-hmm. So they should be able to weather this storm. But you also had an interesting point about theme parks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that I think, they they do provide uh, a lot of joy, don't they? People. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, I think that uh, uh, Dis- Disneyland. I, I now I, I have to say this to people. I mean, I I went there, uh, Disneyland Paris. Um, uh, yeah, it was my first holiday for for ten years. Uh, I went with my wife and two kids, um, and it really was. I mean, it was brilliant. You know absolutely loved it um and it is a cliche but they do say it's the magic kingdom and <laughs> you think oh yeah whatever oh yeah, yeah but then you you go through the gates <laughs> and <laughs> it is i mean it's a magical kingdom in the sense of if you imagine if your magical kingdom in- includes tons of massive queues um not uh, anymore <laughs> no, well, that's right. well as you as you say i mean this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, I mean, I think that uh, that 
you know, there have been a bright spot. The, uh, you know, the um, theme parks have been a bright spot um, within, um, you know, Disney generally because they've had a tough time with the, the um, uh, you know, so streaming, streaming was doing really well. Um, and then, so streaming was doing really well uh, under lockdown, but of course their theme parks weren't because they were closed and their, their cruises as well were closed as well. Yeah. Cause I don't know, this seems so long ago now, doesn't it? But, do you remember? I mean, you know, right at the beginning of COVID, it was people on a cruise liner, wasn't it? I mean, it wasn't yeah. like this. It was people on a cruise liner. That's quarantine. And, yeah, to quarantine in Japan. It was an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, cruise liners had an absolute nightmare as well. So anyway, so stream streaming did brilliantly, timed to perfection. Um, but theme parks and, and cruises weren't doing very well. Um the entertain the uh, film thing films weren't doing brilliantly no. um because you know they there was there was no box office and all that kind of stuff now fast forward to now suddenly things are looking rather different um streaming is seen to be a money pit um that needs that needs to you know be be reined in a bit yeah. um uh, then and but then you know on the other hand you've got the other things like the the cruises and the, and the uh, and the theme parks actually doing really well but mm-hmm. the theme parks yeah like you say i mean they're, they 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 seem there there are fewer queues yeah um i think the point you made as well was that the one thing going for theme parks here is that going to a theme park is likely to be cheaper than going on a full-blown holiday. Yeah, yeah. So there is that side to it. They might see an uptake in footfall, as people think, right, cheaper alternative, let's go somewhere we know, something mm. which is comfortable to us. Mm. And they might, they, people will be willing to pay a bit more than they normally would for a theme park if yeah. they're no longer going on holiday anymore. Yeah. So there is that side to it as well, which might help them in the long term. This could just be a short downturn as people are still planning on going on holiday. Mm. have to wait and see yeah i mean i think i do think you know I, i've said this in previous podcasts that i you know my theory is that um you know, next year let's say looking at it from a uk point of view um and we'll talk about this in a minute that that you know the the um interest rate rises have had a delayed effect which means that they're not having as much of an effect on inflation as you know we would thought think they would um that's all i think that's going to filter through yeah next year um and you know think like longer holidays just i think aren't going to be viable you know for for many people and so um you but with the theme park even let's say if you again take it from the uk point of view you could you could do that like a long weekend if you're living in europe you could do that on a long weekend um or if you're you know live you know are in france you could potentially do it in a day if you if you live close enough yeah. so i mean all these things i think that it may not be great necessarily so i'm not saying oh fantastic you know no one's going to go on holiday everyone's going to go to theme parks all i'm saying is i don't think theme parks will do will do as badly as let's say long haul airlines for instance yeah um and and so it's all it's all comparative but um you know i mean the the other thing that, that really struck me um that time when i went so just to give you um, you know i'm not a, a theme park expert i've been to quite a lot but um but quite a long time ago 
you know, pre-kids and, and all that. Um, and actually going without kids is, is quite a different uh, experience. <laughs> um, so, so I think that uh, they, they, but they both have their merits, right? I, either, either one. Um, but certainly going to, um, you know, so pre, pre, you know, pre-kids, I was just thinking, oh, this is great and enjoying being in the moment. Um, <laughs> but with kids, you're like thinking, um, you know, it's, it's different. You're thinking about them. Then they have these, you know, you, you, you just feel obligated to buy stuff. You know, I mean, it's, I don't, I, I really, really think if you are on a tight budget, don't go to Disneyland, right? No. Don't go because you're, you, you'll torture yourself because there's just stuff to buy everywhere, you know, and you will spend money. You can't go in and just with blinkers and just go onto the rides. It's just not, I, I don't know if anyone has ever managed to do that, but I mean, I think that you have to you know, go in. And I remember thinking, wow, this, you know, they say this is the magic kingdom. It, it kind of is because you just spend and spend because there's so much to spend the money on. And then you realize later on, you think, Oh my God, that was so expensive. But, you know, but you can, but, but you know, and obviously I was now, I'm now I'm thinking of it from a commercial awareness point of view. And I'm thinking, uh, Oh, you know, this is, Oh, this is why they make so much money because they charge this, they do that. They sell this, they sell that. And it, so, you know, so I think that um, they can still, you know, they will still make money. I think it, it might calm down, but they, I don't think things will get as bad for theme parks as they would with, say, like I say, um, long long haul airlines or, you know, um, um, oper- tour operators that specialise in long holidays in faraway places. Just thinking of that, though, with all of this, would it not also affect their cruise liner with Disney? That's historically done well. The yeah, now might not do so well with the long term. Yeah, it could do, but I don't. I have to say, I know less about their their cruise yeah. line. I mean, it may be that their cruise they might do if they do short cruises. Actually, that might be okay because that yeah. might be a case of, well, it's a self-contained holiday, you know. Yeah. So maybe, but I don't know. I don't know how long their cruises are. Um, but you know, may but you see that the other thing is, I wonder whether say the cruise industry is a bit more adaptable because they can maybe offer shorter cruises, whereas maybe it's harder to offer, um, you know, shorter holidays to, to yeah. shorter package holidays. But I don't know, maybe, maybe it is, maybe, um, you know, under lockdown, especially that shook things up so much that it made, made everyone more, more willing to go with what's, you know, what the market says. So yeah. I don't know. So what story were you going to speak about today, Peter? So, yeah, so um, I thought I would pick, um, yeah, so I I thought I'd pick the topic um, about um, uh, Bailey, Andrew Bailey, the uh, governor of Bank of England, and Jeremy Hunt uh, joining forces. So the Batman and Robin of, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the Batman and Robin uh, coming to save the day uh on on inflation um and i mean I, i'm not sure who's who here uh, <laughs> i would say andrew bailey is is the is robin uh potentially um Absolutely. is that you the know sort of, man. yeah um and you know that they're, they're, they're um they're, they're run, rushing in to try and help us um with inflation and and andrew bailey in particular failing miserably 
Um, <laughs> and what they're now saying is they're saying, okay, everyone, let's all not earn more money. <laughs> now, the thing is, is that doesn't sound nice, right? So they're calling for wage. So calling for wage restraint, they're blaming high pay for fueling inflation. Now, a lot of people go, what do they know? They don't live in, you know, they don't live in reality and they don't have to pay the bills we pay. Or they do, but they get paid so much more that it actually mm. doesn't hurt them so much. And, you know, I think it was Hugh Pill, the um, head economist at the Bank of England, um, who he was a nasty pill to swallow, I would say, because <laughs> he did say, I'm sure he's heard that all the time. He must have heard that throughout his life. Um, but the, you know, he said that um at the time he said we st- we have to stop asking for more money and he did get um a, a real going over from from the um you know from the press and quite rightly in the sense that of the way that he said it it was almost a bit like well you know you plebs are going to have to earn less money so um you know so that that will that that'll be that then whereas really i mean i i hate to say it but i i think he's they're right they're all right because um the problem is is that um you know everyone's we're all having to pay more more for bills everyone's having to pay more for bills your food is costing more everything is costing more everyone is feeling it you know even if you're i mean the only time you're not feeling if you really earn absolutely loads and then you know it's just a bit of a a mild annoyance um but i mean for most people it's it's a real nightmare. So anyway, as a result, someone who earns a vast amount of money telling you, oh, yes, what you need to do to stop this problem is to is to not ask for more money. <laughs> You're not going to take it very well. Right. No. And so and this is, you know, and, and, and so um, because the problem is you will. So let's say you are working, you uh you you're paying loads of you know high high you know high bills so you go to your boss look look i've done all my stuff i've beaten all my kpis i'm absolutely top notch please give me a pay rise i could really do with it boss says yeah okay yeah you're so great here's a here's a pay rise you then go out and you go it's not like everyone's going out and partying i mean i think that people it seems to me that people are spending more but they're either buying the same or less yeah. You know, so you're all you're trying to do. This is the thing. It's almost like you know, you, all you're trying to do is to maintain what you have. You know, and, yeah, exactly. And so, um, but the problem is, is that if you are getting more money, you will spend more, and that feeds inflation. And so, you think, well, you know, how do they do it? Because they've been putting, um, you know, so one of the the classic ways of trying to, um you know, uh, put a lid on inflation is by hiking the interest rates. And that's what yeah. the the Bank of England, the ECB, the uh, Fed, they've all been doing that. But the problem is, one of the problems um, for us in the UK is that um, the housing market has changed, um, the structure. Now, it used to be, say, in 2011, stats saying something like um 70 of mortgages were floating rates uh now if you're on a floating rate now what that means is every month whenever the interest rate goes up you are immediately paying more whereas at that point so back in 2011 
Uh, so 2011, 70% of people um, were, were on um, floating rate mortgage, something like that. Yeah. Now it's 11. And suddenly what that means is, is that all the people that are on floating rate are paying more per month and they're really feeling it, you know, straight away. Whereas you've got other people, I'm presuming, so you've got other people who are on fixed rates, yeah. short-term fixed rates, who are sitting there nervously thinking, oh my God, I'm just calculating what I'm going to have to pay when it comes to renewal and it's frightening. And they're either sticking their fingers in their ears and going la 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 and just like want to ignore it or they're just spending anyway and thinking well you know taking a chance maybe you know of, of things will get better but you know that means that they're spending the money that they would be spending on increased mortgage payments now that's where yeah. that's where i wonder where that where every, where everyone's getting the money from for going on holidays and you know ryanair and easyjet and all the rest of them saying how well they're doing at the moment so i think that um uh yeah i think that this is this is a very difficult um uh, this is a very this is a very very difficult thing uh you know to to address and i, I have been asked um you know well, what what would you do you know, what would you do in this situation? Um, I mean, what do you think? Well, you know, what do you think you can do? So one suggestion I think could be almost give a loan now. Yeah. And then say you have three years to pay it back, remind regularly, you have to pay it back, no early penalty fee. Mm-hmm. So, so this way it'd be from the government and it gives people that tied over they need to, as you say, just, just get by during this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when these interest rates start to hit more and more people, Mm. they can then they might be able to pay that back later on yeah and then they can always enforce it similar to student loan as well so if it's not paid after three years it comes out your weekly paycheck mm. as well so there's that enforcement option but i just think another part of the story which is quite interesting is the fact that the government has some control over the public sector pay mm. and they're saying don't increase this but mm-hmm. these are the people who are striking the most yeah these are the ones who are the doctors are walking out i think there's a consultant strike going on Mm-hmm. So it's well, what what can they do? They are in a rock and a hard place right now between inflation mm-hmm. and then people who are often seen as deserving as a pay rise, mm. but they can't really say have your pay rise or tell the private sector to not pay rise. It's, yeah, they're really That's, struggling. Yeah, I mean, basically, they're doing they're doing what they can do, which is basically yeah. they they can do something with the public sector, so they can say, look it's really difficult. We can't pay. We're not going to pay, or we're only going to pay this percentage. That's all they could do. They, like you say, they don't have uh, control over the, over the uh, private sector. I mean, you know, they could affect it a bit, but they're, they've got going to have more immediate effects over the public sector. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I think that the, the idea for like a loan type thing, so it's not a gift because the thing is, if they give the money, if they, you know, I was, I was wondering whether, you know, under lockdown and, and everyone was saying, oh, you know, we have no money. We have no money. And suddenly we had money and and they were Bullish giving out. Schemes, left, everything sorry, exactly. Left, right and center. It was like, well, where's all this money coming from? Um, so um, you kind of think, well, OK, you, could you give people like grants or something like that? Yeah. Um, but the problem with that is, is that they would go brilliant. Thank you. Oh, you know utility bills are paid now right i've I've got to go and buy this other thing and Mm -hmm. and that and you're just prolonging it whereas um like you say i mean if you do it in 
if you if there is a way of doing it that it can be monitored, which is key, um, yeah. is 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 to say, well, look, um, you don't rather than giving people money, you could say almost like a payment holiday. Okay, you don't have to pay this now, but sign this new agreement, and you've got to pay it within the next three years or something. Then you know, I think people will be potentially less likely to go out and spend it on something else knowing that they are going to be held to accounts in a few years so that you will help people in the short term but you will you will also not be storing up nightmares for the long term because hopefully within the next few years a hopefully you you know the ukraine war will stop Mm -hmm. um and then b maybe you know, economies will recover. And actually, if the 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 if when the the Ukraine war stops, I am hoping that that will suddenly there will be a big turnaround because suddenly there'll be more supply. You know, like of of various uh, fertilizer or um, wheat or yeah. you know all those you know oil, all those kinds of things. Suddenly, prices will be a lot better. I mean, it all depends on how it ends, what happens, who yeah. does what. But let's say that it ends in a reasonable way, then then a lot of things are going to, suddenly going to get a lot easier. So, so in that sense, you know, if you could pay back but not get penalised, you know, if you could pay back early and not get penalised, yeah, that good. would also be good. Yeah. It's also, as you say, with the debt that people are more likely responsible with the yeah. excess money they have. Yeah, so they might start paying it back almost immediately if they can. Yeah. If they say because they don't need it, pay yeah. a bit back now. Yeah, it, it should have... you, you would hope so. I mean, it's not going to be the same for everyone, but no, at least there is the option for that. Um, but again, how much is that going to cost to do? How quickly can you do it? Enforcement um, of it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. lots of things. But uh, but there we go. But other than that, I am at a loss as to what they can do. Because they're doing what they can do. It's just taking longer to have an effect because of the way that our housing market is these days. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, any any other thoughts to add? Not that I can think of right now, no. Okay. Well, look, um, thank you very much, Adam, for your insights today. Thank you very much for having me on. No problem. Um, thank you very much for listeners for listening. As always, um, we'll be back again tomorrow for uh, more chat and uh, speak to you then. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.